Okay, welcome back to the show, guys. You are listening to Deep Dive for Life, the show where we take a deep dive into Scripture each week. And this week, we're doing a bit of a deep dive on what faith is. We see a lot of people like to put what I call blind faith into things. Okay. Whereas the Bible only really talks about having reason faith or rational faith, even, um, as opposed to a blind faith. Because as human beings, we are prone to put our faith into something. We're, we're going to trust in something, but it's just finding out if that something is worth putting your faith into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is the ice going to hold me up? Mm-hmm. Am I trusting because it's thick or because it's thin or because of my experience or because of the temperature or um, because of what the weather's been the last 30 days? So there are reasons about whether I would want to trust that ice or not. Mm -hmm. So the same thing applies to Christian faith. I mean, we have faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. And that is a reason faith. Yes. This isn't just some blind trust. Right, right. And in fact, it takes more faith to be an atheist. It takes more faith to be an evolutionist mm-hmm. than it does to put your faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you're in a spot where you're thinking, oh, all these incredibly complicated, beautiful, wonderful, intricate things just happened mm-hmm. over through time and blind chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that takes a lot of faith. That's a science fiction kind of faith. Let me Let me give a bit of an example here. Imagine I don't I don't wear a watch, but imagine you take a watch, a nice Rolex watch, you completely dismantle it, and you put it into a plastic bag or a paper bag, and you shake it hmm. for a million years. Hmm. What are the odds that that watch comes out of that bag intact and ticking on time? Yeah. Same yeah. thing applies here. And I'm not a statistician or that mm-hmm. kind of thing, but the odds are zero. Yeah, um, in one of Lee Strobel's um, films of his books, he has. Um, it's my favorite part of the film of the mm. book. So when I show it to the classes I teach, I you know always warn them that this is going to be one of my favorite parts. Mm. But he has hundreds of monkeys typing at a computer, and he says, you know, they could be typing for millions and millions of years. They're not going to type Shakespeare. Mm. They're not going to randomly type the letters to Macbeth, mm-hmm. um, the play. You know, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, doesn't matter how long. Or how you know many monkeys you have typing is the probability is zero. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people struggle with this with the idea of faith because there are a large portion of even within the even within the church body, basically they don't subscribe to modern medicine, okay. but instead they believe that God will heal them instead. Yeah. And, and of course, I believe in healing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are tons of examples. And Jesus has power over sickness and suffering. There is nothing that's impossible for God. And so um, God is able to heal. But he also uses doctors and nurses and medicines mm-hmm. and um, scientific advancements. Uh, God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. So I'm delighted that they keep making advancements with heart surgery, for example. Now, I don't need heart surgery that I know of, but down the road, who knows? And so the more advancements they make, the better. 
But I understand that God is the ultimate source of the good things that happen in life. And so I don't see it as a choice in do I trust medicine or God. Hmm. It, it can be both because God can use skilled doctors. Um, you know, the abilities he's given them come from him. Mm-hmm. I just it, – it's interesting that we would separate the two. Like there's this – faith in religion and then there's a faith in science Hmm. when in fact religion encompasses all things it does and true science will point you back to god Mm -hmm. true science will show the glory and wonder of god whether you're looking through a microscope or a telescope it will show the complexity it will Mm -hmm. show the amazing things that god has made and in fact really any discipline will bring you back to god Uh, god has created the world in such a way that evidence of his power, evidence of his wisdom, evidence of his care are absolutely everywhere to be seen for those who are looking through eyes of faith. Mm-hmm. So in case you haven't noticed yet, we're talking about faith today. And I, I guess we should start with what does the Bible have to say about what faith is? Okay. Um, and there's a little bit of a misunderstanding there, too. Hmm. Um you know, you could say, I believe in unicorns. This mm-hmm. is kind of a favorite illustration from of Greg Boone at Lookup Lodge. He'll say, now what the evidence box for unicorns, is it full or empty? Well, it's pretty much empty. It's just wishful thinking. And some people think about faith that way. What's the evidence for atoms? Well, I haven't seen a unicorn. I also haven't ever seen atoms. But the evidence box for atoms is pretty full, overflowing, in fact. And there's mighty big explosions mm-hmm. that come because of the existence of atoms. And so even though we haven't seen an atom, there's plenty of evidence for us to believe that there are atoms. And the same way is true with the Christian faith. Um, This coming weekend is Easter, and um, there are many people who have difficulty believing that Jesus rose from the dead. Hmm. But when you really begin to look at the story, um, there is evidence. Uh, It's not a a blind faith. Mm -hmm. It's, okay, what is the most reasonable explanation for these events that took place. Mm-hmm. Um, the tomb is empty. All Jesus' um, enemies would have had to do was produce his body, and that would have killed Christianity from mm-hmm. the very beginning. But they couldn't produce his body because they didn't have his body. Yeah. Um, Jesus' followers, well, maybe they stole the body, but they would have had to overcome the Roman guards that had to break the Roman seal. They were cowering, afraid. Um, and later they give their lives for the truth of what they've been proclaiming. They risk their lives. Mm -hmm. And there are people who will die for a lie, but it's usually not their own lie. Yeah. Um, And so the fact that the disciples were willing to to die for their faith points us to its authenticity. Um, And and there are many, many other things like that in the the story of the resurrection that that help us to know, hey, this really did happen. So that kind of points us to another area of faith in that we don't have to understand everything to have faith in it. We have reasoned faith. We have reasonable faith. Like, no, we have reason to place our faith in what we do, but... We also, there's a bit of a mystery to it. Oh, there are lots. Um, And that, too, is a distinction between Christianity and man-made religions. Mm. Man-made religions typically take the mystery out. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, We like black and white. We like this or that. We like it to be plain and simple and straightforward. But Christianity has tons of mysteries. How can Jesus be 100% God and 100% man? Mm. He is. But that's a mystery. that we, We can't make the math work. How can God be sovereign in every area and yet we have free will? Well, we do. But working that out is above our ability to comprehend. How can God be one God and yet we know that God in three persons and those three persons have such a beautiful, harmonious, loving relationship that spills out into everything in the universe? Um, We can't solve those mysteries. But they point to a God who is bigger than we are. Um, I happen to have a fish at home. Hmm. And I'm sure he's a very intelligent fish. Uh, Greets me when I walk in the room. But (laughs) there are things that my fish doesn't know about me. And no amount of me explaining or revealing or writing it out for him is going to help him. And the same thing is true with us and God. Uh, God is constantly revealing himself. He wants us to know him. He wants us to have a personal relationship with him. But there are aspects of who God is that are beyond us. Mm. His ways are higher than our ways. And for me, that points to the authenticity of the Christian faith. Because if I could explain everything about God, he wouldn't be God. That's that's a bit of a conundrum because here we have here we have rational faith and yet we say that the mysteries also authenticate it. Yes. Which is just I guess the correct term would be a paradox there, but mm-hmm. it's it's just interesting how, you know, it it just reminds me sometimes how hard it is to sell people on the Christian faith. Yeah, yeah. Because here we say, here's some rationality, here's some mystery. Mm-hmm. You need them both, <laughs> and you do, and you do, mm-hmm. and and this isn't a new struggle. I mean go through the Old and New Testament, and you've got people like Gideon who, who really mm-hmm. wanted some concrete evidence mm-hmm. before he was willing to put his trust in God. Mm-hmm. You know, so he puts the fleece out and puts the fleece out again. You know, he really goes through that. And, and we look at that story, and unfortunately, sometimes we draw the wrong conclusion that we should, we should put a fleece out. Yeah. We should follow Gideon's example. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Gideon's example is a negative example. He should have just trusted God. Yeah. God had already given him plenty of reason to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so his doubt slows him down. It gets in his way, that kind of thing. Uh, you have a, a beautiful story in the New Testament where Jesus, James and John, have been on the Mount of Transfiguration. They have seen Jesus revealed in all of his glory. Hmm. Um, but they come down the mountain, and the disciples are arguing, and there's a boy who's sick, and he throws himself into the fire. He has seizures, and um, his father uh, is at wit's end, doesn't know what to do. The disciples can't do anything for him. Um and so he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And, of course, Jesus heals his son. Mm. So we, we struggle at times to really grasp these things. Um, there's a cool verse in Hebrews uh, where the preacher there is really talking about how faith is action. And that's another misunderstanding about faith. We mm-hmm. think about faith as just intellectual assent when it's really putting all that you are in God's hands. Mm -hmm. It's putting all your weight down. Mm -hmm. Um, But in Hebrews, it it says, chapter 11, um, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Uh, 
a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. I have here is, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Yeah. So we may not understand everything to have to do with God, who God is. Right. I, I believe it, it would actually be impossible for us to on earth. Overwhelming to yeah. us too. Yeah, but but we can still have faith in him. Yes. Even though we don't understand everything. <laughs> Or think about Peter, um, who saw Jesus walking on the water, and he wants to come to him. And that would be amazing. And I think about that first step. Now, Peter's been on the lake his mm. whole life. He's a fisherman. He knows the properties of water. Mm-hmm. He knows what it is to get in and out of boats. But here he takes a step onto the water, and it holds him up as if it's dry ground. Mm-hmm. That must have been an absolute incredible feeling. So Peter's trust isn't in the water. His trust is in Jesus, Mm -hmm. who invites him to follow him. Um, And as you know from the story, Peter gets distracted. The wind and the waves um, get the best of him. He takes his eyes off Jesus, and he begins to sink. Cries out for the Lord to save him, and Jesus does. I I love stories with Peter in it because I feel like he's the most relatable of the disciples. or maybe he's just the one that's picked on the most in the Gospels. But, you, you know, you always have instances like that where it's like, man, if I was in that situation, it would have been completely different. But yet, mm. probably not. Yeah. <laughs> probably the same thing would happen. Um, but on this idea of faith, you know, uh, it makes me think of another passage um, when Paul was writing the church of Ephesus. He says for them to put on the armor of God, which yes. includes the shield of faith. Yes. So it is an important part in the Christian religion. It is an important part in the, like he even listed it as part of the armor of God. It is right. necessary. Right. But do you feel like some people put too much emphasis in the faith? Well, yes and no. If their faith is in Jesus... No. Jesus is worthy of our trust. He is worthy of our faith. But it's really not a question of whether we're going to have faith or not. The question is, what are we going to put our faith in? Mm. Everybody puts their faith in something. Mm -hmm. They put their faith in science. They put their faith in evolution. They put their faith in themselves. They put their faith in human goodness. Oh, wow. Mm. They put their faith in government. They put their faith in the military. They put their faith in, you know, fill in the blank. But everybody puts their faith in something. Um, the question is, what is worthy of our faith? Mm-hmm. What What is it that will not disappoint? What is it that, that really will be true to its word? To the Corinthian church, Paul writes that we walk by faith and not by sight. Yep. But if we put our faith in the wrong things, oh, yeah. some people are walking in the wrong direction. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Have you, have you ever done one of these team-building exercises where you have one person across the room for you from you and you have a little obstacle course and one person's blindfolded and you yes. have to give the other person directions. Right, right. I feel like it's a bit of a trust exercise. It is. But it you is. are placing your faith in that other, in person. The other person. And some people are worthy of that trust mm-hmm. and will do a great job guiding you across the room. And some people will run you into everything across <laughs> the room because it's funny. <laughs> so we walk by faith and not by sight in Romans, he also says that faith comes by hearing. Yes. So we have, we're walking by faith 
that we've heard. <laughs> it's a lot to put together. Yeah. Um, faith doesn't only come by hearing, but mm-hmm. God's Word has the ability to really uh, help us in our faith. Um, so faith, faith comes by hearing, hearing the gospel, hearing the Word of God, hearing mm-hmm. God's plan um, inspires faith. It mm-hmm. increases faith. It allows us to really trust God. And going back to the idea of the shield of faith, I, I couldn't help but think about David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a little guy, big guy. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between the two? God. Yeah. David has faith in God. Um, Goliath has faith in his own gods, um, but they don't meet the test. Well, they also don't exist. Oh, yeah. There's that, too. <laughs> but I guess another, that made me think of something else where, you know, we can have faith that God will enable us to defeat the giant, and yet we don't go around facing giants every day. I mean, we don't, it's like, we can have faith that God will protect us, yet we don't go around jumping off cliffs every day. We don't go out jumping in front of cars in the highway every day, right. even though we have faith that God will protect us. Or you might word it, God can protect us. Yeah. God can yeah. deliver us. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and, and there's some scriptural examples that match kind of what the, your scenario. Mm. You remember one of the temptations that Satan offers to Jesus. He takes him to the pinnacle of the temple and says, hey, jump off. Mm-hmm. Your angels will catch you. Mm-hmm. And they would have. Mm-hmm. But Jesus doesn't jump off. Um, his trust is in God. He's not going to put God to the test that way. So we shouldn't jump in front of cars. Mm. Um, think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm. Um, Nebuchadnezzar builds, you know, a huge statue. They're told to bow down. They don't bow down. Nebuchadnezzar gives them another chance because, uh, you know, he's a he's a second chance lunatic. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they also refuse to back down, and they say, you know, our God can save us. Our God can deliver us. Mm-hmm. But whether he does or not, mm-hmm. we're not going to bow down to your image. And that's faith. Yeah. And that's that's faith saying, okay, God, um, however you want to resolve this, mm. we're putting our trust in you. Um, and, and so let's say we have a friend who's sick. Um, we should pray for that person. We should earnestly seek healing and help. And God may heal them. God has the power to heal them. God is able to heal them. But it also might be that God, who is loving beyond our imagination and who sees the big picture in the big context, he may heal them by taking them home to be with him, where there is no sickness and no suffering. And so God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we think he would, mm-hmm. because his wisdom is so much greater than ours. Mm. And that's real faith, is to say, Lord, regardless of the outcome, I may not like the outcome, but I'm going to trust in you anyway. One of the problems with faith is the occurrence of a what-if scenario. Like we said, if we're praying for someone to be healed and they're not, we have to have faith even if what we want to happen doesn't happen. Right. We have to have faith even if the what-if scenario presents itself. Like what if God does not heal this person Will I continue to have faith? Right. And the faith is, do I have faith that God is good? Mm-hmm. Do I have faith that God um, has my best interest at heart? Mm-hmm. Do I have faith that God is always going to do the most redemptive thing possible? Mm-hmm. 
I guess that just goes back to what we're saying about it depends on what you have your faith in. Right. Do we have our faith in, like you said, that God is good and that he wants the best thing for us? Right. Or do we have faith in a convenience store version of God? Yes, or a Santa Claus version. Yeah. Or a drink machine version where you pitch money in and you punch an art button. Mm -hmm. And prayer, nor our relationship with God, works that way. Mm -hmm. Um, In the garden, Jesus doesn't pray, Lord, give me what I want. He prays, not my will, but thy will be done. That's faith. That's entrusting yourself to God. In terms of what Jesus has told us, you know, he mentioned those who have the faith the size of a mustard seed. Yes. Which, for those of you who don't know, is actually pretty tiny. Yeah. And yet he's saying if you say to a mountain, move, and you have that size of faith, it will move. Right. It's just so interesting to me that Jesus will put such an emphasis on having faith, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And and as you read through the gospel accounts, the thing that he seems to point out to the disciples more than almost anything else is their lack of faith. Yeah. Their lack of trust. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's trust in him as um, the very son of God. And that's trust in the very power of God. Um, they, They lack faith in God just as we lack faith in God. Mm. And there's some powerful examples there, too, because and, and, it's a journey, and mm. we grow in our understanding, we grow in our faith. John chapter 11, um, Lazarus has died. Mm. He's been sealed in the tomb for four days. Uh, Jesus has a powerful conversation with Martha. He explains to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And Martha says, yes, I believe. So on one level, she trusts that Jesus is who he says he is. But then a little later in the passage, when, they, when Jesus asked for the stone to be removed, she protests. Hey, it's going to stink. It's been in there four days. Mm-hmm. It's hot out here. <laughs> Why are you wasting my time? <laughs> so, you know, we, we, there's a journey of faith for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... Passages like that, I'm going to look at it in a different light here, they really bring on, or they have the possibility to bring on the whole wealth, health and wealth gospel, Okay. where, I mean, Jesus just said, do you believe that I can raise him from the dead or not? And she just said, yeah. And like, okay, well, now he's raised from the dead. It's like, well, okay, if you just believe, like it... Uh, it makes me think of the Polar Express, like the whole theme song. Like, oh, well, if you just believe, everything yeah. everything can be real yeah. to you. Because uh, we know that nothing is impossible with God. Right. But I feel like a lot of people will twist that to their own means. Yeah, we, we twist it to try to manipulate God. Mm-hmm. We make him into a magic spell. We make him into, mm. this is what I want, God, so mm-hmm. do what I want. Um, because we're selfish. And we approach everything from a selfish standpoint. But what we need to do is try to allow prayer to align our hearts with the heart of God and to trust that he's at work and that he's going to do what is best. And so our prayer really needs to be seeking God's will. And God's will might be miraculous healing. God's will might be healing through doctors and nurses. Mm. God's will might be death, which is not what we want to hear. Mm. But truth is, we all die. Um, Lazarus was raised from the dead. 
but at some point later, he dies. Um, Jesus healed people with blind eyes, and that displays God's glory in an incredible way. But at some point, they die. Mm-hmm. So what Jesus offers is greater than physical healing. He offers an eternal relationship. And that's hard for, I mean, we think we want this, mm-hmm. but really what God is at work to do is better than what we think we want. Mm-hmm. Um, I quoted from Hebrews 11 a few minutes ago about how without faith it's impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. But that whole chapter is about how people put their faith in God. And it's an amazing chapter. It starts with Adam and goes all the way through the Old Testament and gives example after example. And it's just it's really powerful. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he'll talk about how faith has been used. Faith in God accomplishes great, tremendous, miraculous things. And then he changes tone. And he says, but some of these folks Mm. were cut in half. Some of these folks were destitute. Some of these folks lost everything from a worldly perspective. Mm -hmm. And then he'll go on to say, but the world wasn't worthy of them. Mm. Um, And so faith isn't always the outcome that we want. Um, Faith in God sometimes leads us to a cross. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to read this one passage. Uh, this is from James 1, 5 through 6. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. Do not rebuke, He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty mm. is, an unsettled, is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Oh, wow. I really like that particular translation. I don't know what translation that is. captures the verse very well. Mm. Um, Because there's sometimes that verse gets misunderstood, but that's a a great way to to present that, that, what the meaning of that passage, the meaning of that verse. Because if our faith isn't in Jesus alone, we are divided. Mm -hmm. Jesus says you can't serve two masters, Mm -hmm. and we try to serve tons of masters. Mm -hmm. And we're pulled in lots of different directions. Um, And... Our society could be characterized as a society that's tossed around by the waves. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're like a big beach ball that's been thrown into the ocean. And one week it's this, and the next week it's this, and the next week it's that. And then we just get pushed around in every direction because we've lost any sense of foundation as a culture, as a society. Mm -hmm. So James says, when you put your faith in Jesus alone, that faith is not disappointed. But if your faith is in all kinds of other things and Jesus yeah, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, because we really can't afford to put our faith in anything else. Yeah, yeah we do it all the time. I mean, everything else you put your faith in is going to ultimately lead to disappointment. Yes, and I mean, there's multiple biblical accounts of that. Even just you can even throw in a bunch of personal life references to where that's happened before. Because I mean, we are. I mean, human nature hasn't changed from the Bible to now. Right. Uh, but we need to make sure that we have faith in the right things. But this also brings up an important aspect of faith in that it is ultimately a choice yeah. whether or not to have faith. Yeah, it is. Um, God has created this world in such a way that we could choose to ignore him, mm. choose to step over all the evidence for God, choose to just pretend that God doesn't exist, and he allows us that choice. And that's part of his love for us in making us with free will. Um, 
love is not genuine unless you have the opportunity to not love. And so God's made the universe in such a way that we can choose to love him. We can choose to ignore him. Um, and so ultimately, faith is a choice. Um, there are people that if God tapped them on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm God, um, they would assume they were hallucinating. And it would not change their faith hmm. unless they chose to put their faith in God. So ultimately, faith is a choice. We choose whether or not we're going to believe that God exists. We choose whether or not we're going to believe that God is at work in our lives. We choose whether or not to believe that God really is good. It's just, it's interesting to me that faith is such a key component of Christianity, and yet we misplace it so often. We misuse it. Yeah. We twist it. It's intended to be something for our good, but we twist it into something that hurts us. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, that goes back to the Garden of Eden. Um, Adam and Eve chose not to trust God. They chose to put the, their faith in their own reasoning and in the, in the serpent. And we've been doing the same thing ever since. Mm-hmm. So faith is important. Yes. Um, we're saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. It's not what we've done so that we don't have the opportunity to boast. It's what God has done for us. It is a free gift. And then the next verse gives us the other component of faith, for we are God's workmanship, created for good works in Christ. So while good works don't save us, Mm -hmm. they do demonstrate our faith. So James can write, faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. If you say you have faith, but you don't put it into practice, you really don't have faith. Mm -hmm. There's some really classic illustrations of this. Uh, One is about Blondin, the tightrope walker who, you know, Walks across Niagara Falls. Are you familiar with that story? Cool story. Walks across Niagara Falls, puts a wheelbarrow on there, mm. draws the wheelbarrow across the type rope. But then he asks the crowd, who will sit in the wheelbarrow? Mm. All right. This difference, believing that Bonda can do those things and trusting enough that you're actually putting yourself mm. in the wheelbarrow for him mm-hmm. to, you know, to go across that way. Um, faith really is entrusting yourself entirely to God. Mm-hmm. Not what I want, not my will, not what I think is best in the situation, but really trusting that God's at work for good in the most redemptive way possible. So that leads to the big question here, is faith enough? True faith is enough. Faith that is solidly based in Jesus is enough. It's enough to save us, it's enough to give us a life of fulfillment and joy. It is enough to, um, to bring us into a right relationship with God. Um, but we misplace faith. And so if, if we're defining faith as intellectual assent, no, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. If we're defining faith as faith plus, no, that's not enough. Um, if we are putting our faith in what we've been taught or... Um, another person or their view or no that's not enough but if our faith really is in jesus yes faith is enough you've been listening to deep dive for life thank you so much for tuning into our show this week we'll be back next week with another bit of scripture to dive into remember to reach out to us at deep dive for life at gmail.com with any questions you may have for us to cover in the show Thanks again.
And remember to keep diving, friends. Thank you.